Good evening. The reading is taken from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Jesus calls his first disciples. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, but master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, John, and good evening, everyone. My name's Andy Roughhead. I'm the curate here at St. Paul's. Let's pray um, before we jump into just considering this passage from Luke's Gospel. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word, and um, as we come to this passage and we see Simon's life transformed uh, through an encounter with your son, I pray that we too, each one of us, might know something uh, of the transforming power of Jesus in our own lives. Come and speak to us, Lord, and um, show us your Son tonight. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, amen. Ah, uh, oh yes, so we've, I got for my backdrop for my slides... Um, this evening, a photo that I took of uh, the Lake of Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee, um, in Galilee, um, in Israel. And so far in Luke's Gospel, you know, we've been working our way through the Gospel, and it's all been about Jesus, hasn't it? Um, it's been kind of the build-up to his birth, and then his childhood, um, getting baptized and starting his public ministry. And it's like now that he's, start, now that he's gone public... The, the, the scope is kind of widening, and um, this morning Jonathan was preaching on the, the passage just beforehand, before this one, uh, Jesus um, is in the synagogue teaching and healing and um, delivering people from evil spirits, and now we get sort of the first named follower of Jesus drawn into Christ's orbit, who is Simon and, of course, James and John um, as well. 
So this photo is from a trip that um, I met, made to the Holy Land back in 2017. Holly and I went, we'd just got married, and um, a friend of ours came with us as well, and we hired a car and sort of went around um, for only about 10 days, wasn't it? 10 days, two weeks um, in the Holy Land in Israel and Palestine, and life-changing um, time, particularly real highlight was going up to Galilee and seeing the place where Jesus spent most of his earthly life and most of his earthly uh, ministry. And the, the scene is this. Uh, you've had Simon and his colleagues. They've been fishing all night and they've caught nothing. They've come up with absolutely nothing. There's no fish in the lake at all um, at the moment or so they think. They're exhausted. They're packing up uh, ready, I guess, to go home and, and have a sleep, uh, perhaps ready for the next night's fishing. Um, and lo and behold, Jesus, uh, the rabbi, appears, and the crowd, this huge crowd with him, and he ends up borrowing Simon's boat, um, teaching them from there, and then um, putting out into the deep, and you get this amazing, uh, miraculous catch of fish. Um, and, of course, Simon encounters Jesus, and his life is turned around just going to have a kind of a, a bit of a dig into what's um, going on here. And I, um, I want to just focus particularly on three movements within uh, Simon, three shifts uh, in his heart and in his perspective. Uh, first, we have a, a shift from seeing Jesus as master to Lord. Then we have a shift from a focus on fish to people. And thirdly, a shift from the shallows to the deep. Okay, and that kind of corresponds to who are we following, how are we following, and where are we following. Okay? Um, so first, let's have a look at um, this first shift, which is from master uh, to Lord. Now, in life as a Christian disciple, who are we following? Well, it's Jesus, obviously, isn't it? We all know the answer to that. But... I want to dig a little bit deeper. Who is this Jesus? And how do we relate to him? If we're really honest, is Jesus a master or is he a Lord to us? Now, this actually isn't the first time that we meet Simon in Luke's gospel. If you just turn, or just on the other page in chapter 4, um, do grab a Bible. If you haven't got one, we've got them around the place, and we've also got our Luke's uh, notebooks, which we're giving it out to everyone. If you don't have one of those, grab one at the end, all of that good stuff. Um, so chapter four, um, Jesus has, he casts out an evil spirit from someone in the synagogue, and then it says he visits Simon's house. So um, chapter four, verse 38, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. So Jesus, uh, so Simon knows Jesus. He's met him. Um, he's, um, he's heard him teach. Possibly he's heard a, a, some kind of version, at least, of, of Jesus' Nazareth manifesto, which James Yielder was preaching on last, uh, last Sunday night. Um, he's seen Jesus work miracles, healings, exorcisms. Um, he's even offered Jesus hospitality in his home. Um, he may even have already been invited to follow Jesus, but it's clear that he wasn't all in. And I don't know, maybe you feel a bit like that with Jesus. 
it's always perhaps worth us just taking, taking a stock check. Even if we've been following Jesus for many years, are we all in or are we just kind of along for the ride uh, seeing the stuff he's doing? Um, anyway, but with this encounter with Jesus, something profoundly shifts in the way that Simon relates to him. Basically, he moves from seeing Jesus as master to Lord. And actually, we can see uh, the ways that Simon addresses Jesus in the text changes. So I'm just going to read um, verses 4 to 9. Um, so it says, When Jesus finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night, haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat, and uh, they came and helped them. And they filled both boats so full they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. He and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. So, so Simon goes from calling Jesus master to Lord, and it's really significant, I suggest, the shift that, is, that goes on here. Um, so first, let's look at master. Uh, the, the Greek here is the original language that the New Testament was written in. Uh, the word that's used, master, is um, epistates. Epistates. Literally, it means uh, one who stands over you. So, uh, almost like some, you know, when someone's breathing down your neck. Uh, it's that kind of imagery we've got here. And the English equivalent is boss, basically, or gov, you know. Um, someone who's in authority over you and you have to do what they say. Uh, you don't have a choice. So, and it might be, I don't know, a man your manager at work or a teacher or tutor. Uh, at school or uni, um, or uh, for, for any of us, the police. You know, if the police wave you down as you're driving, then I hope you would stop, because <laughs> you don't have a choice. Uh, they are an epistates over you. Um, one of my favorite TV shows at the moment is Taskmaster. Um, any fans of Taskmaster here? Yeah? Okay, great. Um, and basically, this is a brilliant show um, where they get a, a bunch of comedians come in, and um, Greg Davies is the taskmaster. And each week, he sets these, uh, well, Alex Horn, the guy next to him, actually writes all the tasks, but he sets these silly challenges for these comedians to do. So um, might be things like draw the biggest circle, um, or make the best Christmas cracker, um, or my personal favorite um, is one where they said, you have 20 minutes to impress this mayor. <laughs> so just 20 minutes in the room with the mayor and uh, see what happens. And of course, what happens is that you know, they get a film crew that films them doing all this, and it's very funny because they're comedians. Um, and of course, they have different ways, totally different ways of approaching um, these tasks. I think with the mayor, there was someone who made up a song and performed it, and one of the others just went to the shop and bought loads of calippos. <laughs> um, and what happens is then it kind of cuts back to the studio, and Greg Davies sort of arbitrarily judges uh, which one's which. And the whole point is really he just he might just like calippos, so he puts that in first place or whatever. Um, but the the thing is, the idea behind the show is. 
Greg Davis is the ta taskmaster. He gives you a task, you have to do it. And that kind of thing is going on here uh, with this uh, uh, Simon relating to Jesus as master. You know, in some ways, Simon's reaction is understandable. He's been, he's been up all night fishing fruitlessly, just wants to go home. Um, and now this rabbi has turned up, commandeered his boat, um, and is telling him, is it telling him um, what to do, even though Simon's the one who's a professional fisherman. You know, you can sort of understand why he goes, look, Jesus, it's very nice, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm at the end of the shift. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and yet, he then lands the catch of the life, and he hits the absolute jackpot. I wonder how, how often do we, as followers of Jesus, treat him like this? You know, this idea of, oh, Jesus, if I have to, then fine. Because that's what Simon says, doesn't he? We've worked all night, but as you say so, as you're the boss, I'll go and do it. How often is that how we respond to Jesus? Um, sometimes, uh, as Christians, when we're telling our story, our testimony, or about how God kind of called us to a, um, to a certain area or job or something like that, we, we might use this idea of kind of God dragged me kicking and screaming. Often it seems to be people who tell the story about how they got called to be ordained actually say, oh, God dragged me kicking and screaming. Um, that's fine, but I just wonder, does it betray something of a kind of master-employee relationship with Jesus? Uh, when we talk about things like that. Um, or even sometimes we can drift into entitlement, can't we? This sort of idea of, well, Lord, you better, you better see how much like, I'm working my socks off for you. Um, I want to see some fruit from this. You know, I want to see uh, some breakthrough because of all the hard work I'm putting in. Uh, and of course, so many uh, people who aren't Christians, who don't follow Jesus, have this exact view um, of what God is like. You know, you work as hard as you can and see if he's pleased with you uh, when you get to the pearly gates, which of course is totally not the way uh, that, that Jesus uh, works with us. Instead, we're called to relate to Jesus as Lord, and that's the shift which has happened uh, within uh, Simon uh, after he, as he reacts to this amazing, um, miraculous, supernatural uh, catch of fish. And, the, and relating to God as Lord is, is so much more profound than as a boss. And in one sense, there's a kind of holiness aspect that Simon realizes, wow, I'm in the presence, I'm in the presence of God, I'm in the presence of the supernatural here. And initially, he pushes Jesus away, doesn't he? He says, look, Lord, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. I, do, I don't deserve this. I, don't, uh, I can't sustain this. Uh, I was um, yeah, just really struck by one of the lines in the new song this month that we were singing at the beginning of the service. When a sinner's heart is all that I can bring, still he welcomes me. And that's exactly what's going on here uh, with, with Jesus and Simon. So Jesus as Lord, he's, he's still authoritative, yes, but there's a kind of familiarity. Uh, we obey Jesus as Lord because 
uh, he's responsible for us because he cares for us. Um, to let Jesus be Lord of your life is to let him take responsibility for you um, and to do what he says, not just because he's the boss, but because we're loved. Um, not because God is breathing down our necks, but because he wants the best for us and for his world. So, who do we follow? We follow Jesus as Lord, moving from master to Lord, just like Simon did. Um, okay, number two, moving from fish to people. This is about how, how we follow Jesus. So, this is the second movement within Simon and us. Shift from fish to people. So, um, after they land this impossible, miraculous catch of fish, um, Simon recognizes Jesus as Lord. He recognizes what that entails. And here's what happens next. This is what Jesus replies. Um, classic Jesus curve, or just, yeah, unexpected response. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything and followed him. Now, Simon is a fisherman. That's his trade. That's his thing. That was his father's thing. That's his children's thing. It's all he knows. And now Jesus transforms it. Rather than catching fish, he's going to catch people. And because of this, Simon, who's been working, working hard and fruitlessly, at, at least for this one night, who knows for how many nights before, he leaves this incredible catch of fish behind him. I want to know what happened to all those fish. <laughs> what, all we do know is that Simon and, his, and uh, James and John left it behind and followed Jesus. And the key point here is that Jesus transforms our vocation. Jesus can transform your vocation for life. From now on, you will fish for people. Now, are you ready for some more Greek? Of course you are, because uh, this is awesome. Jesus is doing a brilliant word play here. Uh, even more brilliant than it kind of seems um, in the English, because when Jesus says you're going to catch people, when you're, you're going to fish for people, the word he's using in the Greek is um, zogreo. Zogreo, which means to catch alive, it means to capture. Uh, it's the kind of thing, if you see a child running towards a busy road, you go and catch them, don't you? Um, or even, I mean, just to keep the analogy within water, if you see someone struggling, someone drowning, you go and fish them out, don't you? Simon's being, his vocation is being moved from catching fish for death to catching people for life. Um, this isn't this idea of kind of landing someone by force, but setting them free and rescuing them. Um, so what I'd like us to do now is we're going to do a little prophetic exercise, okay? Um, I would like each one of you, um, if you're comfortable, um, to turn to, the per turn to someone near you. John, you might need to go a few rows. Um, <laughs> turn to someone near you and share what your occupation is with them. Now, that doesn't have to be your job. Um, it can be, you know, it's what occupies your time. Um, do that for 30 seconds, then give the other person 30 seconds. Um, let's do that now. Yeah, so take 30 seconds. 
uh, find someone near you and share what's your occupation with them. Okay, now switch the next person if you haven't already. 30 seconds, what's your occupation? Okay, great. Are you ready for the next part? Okay, the next part of this prophetic exercise is I'm going to give us 30 seconds prophetic thinking time. What wordplay might Jesus use for the person who has just shared their occupation with you uh, in one that transforms it into kind of saving people uh, into God's kingdom? So I'll give you an example for me. I, I used to work as a personal assistant I used to be a PA, and I worked for um, kind of traveling speakers. So I booked a lot of travel, basically. Um, so, you know, Jesus might say to me, and sorry if this is super naff, but Jesus might say to me, don't be afraid, Andy. From now on, you will organize people's travel into the kingdom of God. <laughs> yeah? Um, <laughs> so I'll give us just, yeah, let's take a little bit, 30 seconds thinking time, and then... What might Jesus say to the person who just shared their occupation with you? Okay, so if you maybe start to share now. I think you just got to lean into the cheesiness that might uh, that might ensue because it's a, Jesus being a little bit cheesy here. <laughs> and then swap over if you haven't already. Okay, all right. We'll, um, we'll come back together then. I hope you found that really encouraging. Maybe even you might want to write, that, write it down and go and reflect on it, go and pray on it. Um, because Jesus has this for each one of us. And uh, the point is that Jesus is taking the, the thing that Simon's occupation was and transforming it um, for God's purposes. Um, and here's the thing. God doesn't want your skills. He doesn't want your job or your occupation. He wants you. Does this mean all of us need to quit our jobs um, and leave behind our responsibilities for full-time professional Jesus following? 
No, it doesn't. Um, rather, what Jesus is getting at here is the motivating factor in our lives and the, our posture, as it were, to the world is, is one uh, that, that Jesus commissions us in, and it's, it fits each one of us, each one of our, uh, our giftings, each one of our connections. Simon was still a fisherman, um, and of course he, and he went back to fishing um, at different times, but his vocation was absolutely transformed. Um, so how do we follow? We follow Jesus with our vocation transformed towards helping others find Jesus. Okay, thirdly and finally, there's a move from the shallows to the deep. This is about where we follow uh, Jesus, from the shallows to the deep. And we'll go up to verses 3 and 4, so near the, near the top of our passage. Um, Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And of course, we know what happened next. Um, I want to just draw us back again to, uh, to our trip to the Holy Land, which we, we made a few years ago. Um, and the absolute highlight uh, the highlight within the highlight is this place, Magdala, uh, in Galilee, um, beside, the, um, the, beside the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Um, and there is this, this amazing uh, chapel and um, retreat center, which has been set up there. And if you squint, you can see that the, the, the name of it is Duc in Altum, which is the Latin for into the deep. And so the whole place is this, is a one big meditation on Jesus' words put out into uh, the deep water. And um, I mean, the story goes that some Franciscans bought this bit of land to build their retreat center. And as they were digging it to put the foundations in, they realized it was on top of uh, a first century settlement, Magdala, which is the place where Mary Magdalene is from. And um, if we go to the next slide, this, this is really amazing. So they found, just as an aside, uh, they found this, uh, they've excavated this first century synagogue there. And within the synagogue, they found a coin which dates uh, to 29 AD. So Jesus definitely was definitely visited and taught in that synagogue, uh, which is pretty amazing. Um, Shall we have the next slide? Um, inside uh, the chapel, they have, uh, they have a boat pulpit. So Jonathan, next time we do redevelopment, why don't we get a boat pulpit? <laughs> um, anyway, they have the boat pulpit, and behind you can see the Sea of Galilee and um, all of this stuff. Um, moving from the shallows into uh, the deep. Now, here's the thing. The shallows is is normally where you did fishing on the, in the Sea of Galilee. Uh, you did it in the shallows, and you did it at night. You did not do it in the deep, and you did not do it at day, in the day. Um, uh, the reason you do it at night is because the fish come out at night, 
and they go particularly to the springs around the edge and where the streams come in, where the oxygen-rich water comes in and they feed. So that's where you get them uh, if you are uh, going fishing. Um, everyone knew it's no good fishing in deep, the deep water at the center of the lake um, and in the daytime because the, the fish are all hiding uh, under the rocks. So Simon had written off fishing uh, in the deep. And yet that is precisely where the jackpot catch was to be found. I wonder how often do we write off places or people as places of potential fruitfulness in God's kingdom and stick to the familiar shallows instead? Even when fishing in the shallows is unfruitful, How often do we stick to them anyway, just because that's always how it's been? Um, How often do we ignore the voice of Jesus calling us to put out a little further uh, into the deep water, you know, to widen our horizons, to um, where might you and I have missed the wood for the trees? And Jesus is just calling us to take a step back um, and see with his um, kingdom vision the quote from C.S. Lewis, he talks about, so often we're like kids making mud pies in the garden um, rather than and, and gi- giving up going on holiday to the beach. This idea that we get so kind of fixated um, that we miss what God's calling us to. Um, and of course, as a a mission hub here at St. Paul's, you know, we've got this vision give, to give everyone a meaningful opportunity to respond to the good news of Jesus in our area um, in the next 10 years. So, I mean, I'm praying, where are the deep places that Jesus is calling us to, to take his good news uh, in the coming decade? Where are the places maybe we've written off or maybe we think, Lord, that's not where, that's not how you go, that's not where you go, those people aren't going to respond, all of this stuff. Um, where might Jesus be calling us? Because where Jesus calls, that's where the fruitfulness is. That's what happens here in this, uh, in this passage and in this encounter that Simon has with Jesus. Let's not neglect the call to adventure in the deep places and stay splashing around in the shallows. Where do we follow? We follow Jesus even into those mysterious deep places. So, um, we're going to wrap up now. Um, really, it's all about Jesus, isn't it? Um, it's about following where he's leading. Um, it's, and it's about letting him, I suggest, just affect those shifts in our hearts and in our minds and our spirits. And I wonder, where do you sense that God is seeking to move you further towards that kingdom vision today? Is it... Um, kind of moving from seeing Jesus as a boss, as a master, towards a loving Lord? Uh, is it um, that kind of idea of moving from fish to people, like having your, allowing Jesus to transform your vocation? Um, or is it a willingness to leave the shallows and go into the deep places? Um, so uh, let's pray. I want to invite you to stand. Maybe the band would like to come up. Um, to lead us, but let's pray. Let's have a time to just make that personal to the Lord. Which one of those three areas 
It might be all three. Um, do we want to seek him? Do we want to come afresh to Jesus tonight? Um, and Father, yeah, so we come before you. We come before uh, you and we ask that you would transform our where we've been small-minded, where we've been fixated on uh, the, the shallow and the familiar, where we've, uh, where we've followed you like we would a taskmaster, uh, or where we've lost sight of the vocation that you've given us. Just offer ourselves a fresh tea tonight. Pray, come Holy Spirit and speak to us and nudge us and give us an awareness of where you are seeking to shift us uh, in our discipleship with Jesus. Oh Lord, if we, if we wouldn't call ourselves a Christian or we're just, we're not sure, we're not sure how we, how we relate to you. And we invite you to affect those shifts within us. Prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament had this vision of changing from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, from something that's dead and inert to something that is alive and feels and uh, moves. Pray, Lord, for each one of us and for your church, for the Church of England this, this week with General Synod coming up. Lord, give us the heart of flesh. Move us evermore towards your Son. Thank you, Lord. It's not about us kind of having to shift the gears, but simply opening ourselves to your Spirit. So I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and Effect these changes in us for the sake of your world, for the sake of those who we long to know you, to come into relationship with you, to experience your healing and your freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, amen. The band are going to lead us now in our final song. We're going to sing uh, the hymn, Be Thou My Vision, uh, as we have set our our vision on the things of God and set this as a manifesto for our lives. So let's worship together. <laughs>